see on CW contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. on CW, Legends of Tomorrow edition on Rain Man Digital. If you're listening from your desktop, you can take us mobile by downloading the Rain Man Digital app available in the iTunes App Store and Google Play. Simply search Rain Man Digital. You can also find us on demand through iTunes and Stitcher by searching DC on CW. Once you find us there, please go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, So today, it's just myself, Lauren, and Bob in the studio. What's up? And we're going to be talking about Legends of Tomorrow Season 4, Episode 3, Dancing Queen. Um, The legends travel to England to find a magical punk rock musician. Perfect, Constantine, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I I like how they're doing things to cater to his character. Yeah. Because that's always, always been part of him is the London scene of punk rock. And it just, it it was nice. They did it without pandering too much to like, obviously Constantine should take the lead on this and blah, blah, blah. Like they did it in an unexpected way. Um, They, you know, brought him there to the 70s and we get to see a little bit of his history and stuff like that. And that's cool. Um, But still there were some surprises. So I, I appreciate what they did. Um, let's talk some news this week. Um, so Legends of Tomorrow revealed their episode eight title. Uh, it is, <laughs> uh, it's called Legends of Tu Meow Meow. And people are believing that it is going to be a clarion episode he tends to make some cat puns and he has his cat familiar uh teak right teak's his name um if you're not familiar with clarion he is a witch boy and uh he was in for like super layman you probably saw it sort of things he was in young justice um i know wasn't he in like a different animated movie or something kind of recently too Maybe not. I don't know. I don't don't know. Whatever. He's had his own series before in the comics. He's been around. It's a thing. Whatever. He he definitely makes cat puns a lot of the time, though. And Tickle. Tickle's his familiar. It has an L at the end. Um, And he... I... He works. He works for Legends. Um... He's a very spiteful, malicious character, but also playful and sassy, obviously, cat puns. Um, 
So it 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 works. Someone in on Reddit thinks that uh, they they posted a theory that Clarion could be the big bad, but this doesn't work at this point. <laughs> um, not if you've watched this episode. Yeah, that that was the weird thing about this is I this came out after this episode. Yeah. And um, they still posted the theory and I was just like, I don't buy this at all. A character? Yes. The big bad? No. Uh someone maybe working for the big bad? Possibly, but also probably not just cuz he's so not serious. He's very powerful. Okay, so so let's not ignore that. He's uh he's a young witch wizard whatever. Um he is a powerful character who does hold his own for sure. But um ah, big bad, I just don't think so. We've had Damian Dark. We've had Reverse Flash and Malcolm Merlin. We've had um what is his why am I blanking? I don't know who you uh the, Vandal Savage. Thank you. I was like Ven Ven uh, I just started going through like I'm like, who thank hasn't you. she named? Vandal Savage. Um and then last year was a crazy shit show too. Like there's Especially after this now. episode from what we saw. And yeah. You don't tease something like that unless it's the big bad. And and who do you think it is? So we'll I, just get into that now. Yeah. Um, so John has his little flashback. That's all good and well. It's cool. Uh, it definitely looks like it's going to be Manny. It's possible that it could be someone different, but they cast, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, Christian Keys. And with his facial hair, the way that it is, he looked strikingly similar to Manny from Constantine season one. And that tease in episode one with him saying the darkness is rising. Johnny. Manny <laughs> is yeah. the darkness at this point. Um, and yeah, saying I'm coming for you, Johnny. I feel like maybe within all of that Manny fell or Manny got trapped in hell and he's coming back like I hope it is a tie into the first season of Constantine yeah and I hope it's you know okay so this happened I found out Manny was working with you know these people or this thing and these people were working for and, him and you released him yeah and I trapped him and you released him when we did all this when you guys helped me get rid of things and other stuff got out like th this happened. He got out. You released him. Um, and he's coming for me. So, I, yeah, that's the someone was theorizing that it's either Manny or Papa Midnight. But Papa Midnight's always clean shaven and very, you know, like in a suit and stuff like that. I actually have it paused on that exact moment right it now. And it looks like he's wearing um, a leather jacket. And he's got that facial hair and stuff like that. Like, it looks like me. It's, it's too similar to Manny to not be Manny. When they made that hint in the first episode, they know. You know what I mean? Like, they know yeah. better than to screw with fans like that. 
And I hope to God that if this is Manny and this is really what's happening and they're going to tie in or wrap up, conclude that story in some way or add on to it, build from it. I hope everyone that's a fan of the Constantine show that's not tuning in and watching Legends, I hope they just like turn over in their grave and they they regret it and go back and, and start trying to watch it. Yeah, because it's going to be too good not to. Yeah. The, the introduction and again, they if it's a different person, we in theory playing the character and all John has to say is an angel can take any face he wants. Also, he doesn't, I mean, he, it's not like he looks identical. It's not like, oh, he's black. So he looks the same, yeah. like, but his facial hair and stuff like that, you can reasonably just understand they recast. They don't even have to address it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, if he acts similarly to the character that we already know, that we've already had established for us, it doesn't need to be the same actor. You know, recasts happen. They they just do. It's a thing that happens when someone leaves a show or whatever. And and, uh, if reasonably he presents similarly enough to the character, screw it. Fuck it. That's, That's Manny. Yep. I don't care. We don't need to address it. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm really excited for the potential that that brings. Um, the second bit of news is just kind of what happened this episode and stuff. Um, this was a weird week just because we get a character back, but not, not. <laughs> um, back. Yeah. In typical DC on CW fashion. Yeah. Typical Arrowverse fashion. An an actor playing. And she gets to use her own accent. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. I like that a lot. I like when that happens. Um, So yeah, we've got Maisie Richardson Sellers back as Charlie. um, And she can't shapeshift anymore. And this is gonna screw up Nate <laughs> so bad. A lot of that makes sense now. Because she is not Amaya. She looks exactly like her um, during their little disco escapade, but it's not her at all. This one caught me by surprise. I knew she was coming back, but I didn't know how. And... You could have given me a million guests, and I would have never been like a shapeshifter. That flashback. She comes in to help out with one mission. She, uh, Earth Two, like any of these, and it would not have been this. No, a shapeshifter that's stuck in that face. that form that she took because she saw one disco episode thing and rolled with it because that was the only picture she had of her, so she copied it. Like what? Yeah, not in a million years. Yeah. Um, so apparently, um, it's there. There's some quotes here um, from Nick Zano, who plays Nate. Um, or no, I'm sorry. I think this is actually from Maisie Richardson Sellers. Yes, it is. So um, 
She says, at first, the relationship is quite confrontational, talking about Nate and Charlie, uh, because she feels like she doesn't owe Nate anything. And Nate is just furious. Then slowly, as the season develops, they begin to find common ground. It's hard for Nate. Um, I, I think she's a constant reminder of everything that he's lost and of his old life. So it definitely affects him on a deeper level. I'm interested to see how that pans out at the end of the season. Um, I... I'm particularly interested in in what they're doing with Nate in general. They're really getting into his personal stuff because he was introduced on this show. This is the only show he's been known on. And he's been with us for, you know, a couple seasons now. And we still don't have all of the info that we could. We haven't peeled back all them layers yet. Yeah. So I... um, I'm happy to see more. I, I'm I'm excited to see what more they have for us with Nate, and I'm excited to see where his character is going to go. This is a smart smart move. Yeah, it's an interesting like dynamic that's going to be coming to the ship that I just unexpected. Yeah, and I'm I I know that he's not going to get romantically involved with her. He can't. He cannot. You know, it's the same person, but he's going to find her so different that he can't look at her that same way. Um, so with that, let's, let's go to a quick break and then we'll jump right on into this episode. That Irishman there is a leprechaun. So, so sorry, are, are you being serious or racist? Both, love. DC on CW, we'll be right back. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man. Thomas, Thomas, you were on the right track. Thank you. Because that's the first thing I thought. This is a story worthy of Andrew. Who else? Fuck. Who else pees in their mouth in the shower? Oh, my God. So here's what happened. I just got off of uh, a a super long, like, 13-hour work break, right? Running off of, like, three hours of sleep. Wake up, get in the shower. Skipping some time, I just let go in the shower, right? Pee in the shower. Who no hasn't, one, right? Hasn't, right. Animals. As this is happening. You guys, wait, hold on. Let's let's tackle this first. <laughs> you guys pee in the shower? I've yeah. done it every now and then. Who doesn't pee in the shower? Uh, wow. You're not supposed Kate, to. Kate, thank you, Raina. Thank you. <laughs> Finally. Don't let Raina fool you. Raina pees in the shower. <laughs> that was one time, and you said you wouldn't tell. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. This is Star Wars from the Butter Tank Exclusive. Okay, oh, I want those ones. I want those ones. I'm like, but what about me? <laughs> what about me? I'm like, never mind, I have a 10 year old. I'm going to buy all the shoes for myself. <laughs> I must have... I'm going to wear the Ray boots. I don't care if they're for female. <laughs> I know. Some of, the, some of the stuff, even for the females, actually, is like... like yeah, uh, I'm like, excuse me, Pozu, but do you have any non-gender specific Ray boots? I'd really like that, please. I'd really like that, please. Non-gender. That's the new thing today. I want to wear those Ray boots. <laughs> we have Twi'leks dancing right now. <laughs> and some sexy Ewoks. We don't discriminate. Don't discriminate. Hey, makes it easier to carry them. If you would bone an Ewok, would you bone a Bantha then? I mean, if there's no difference, right? 
Nah, Ewoks are a little bit more fluffier. And more intelligent, I guess, right? Is there yeah. an intelligence factor there? Because no. when does it become pansexuality and then bestiality? Where's the fine line there, David? <laughs> I must know this. <laughs> It's okay to fucking Ewok, but then frowned upon to fuck a Bantha? Legends Season 4, Episode 3, Dancing Queen, directed by Kristen Window and written by James Egan and Morgan Faust. Um, so, we uh, we get to see a, a totally different, new, edgy side of Ray this week. Uh, Rage, I'm sorry. Rage is his name. Uh, <laughs> he, hey, uh, did that remind you of, like, every poser you've ever seen? Yeah, basically. Um, it, it played off so perfect, and you realize how good Brandon Routh is of playing like this character. Yeah, and just but doing something different, but keeping the heart of who he is, and you're just like laughing at him, like oh, oh, geez, you're you're one of those guys. I love it. Um, I I love that they always do this sort of thing where like they don't give us the character that would fit well in that scenario because that would just be too easy. I feel like those are the missions that we don't see. We all figured it was John. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to go backstage really quick. You know, I used to play here a lot. Like I can get in, you know, whatever. I, I know my way around these types of people. I can do these things. Yeah. Um, And, but that's, I think that's the thing about legends is that, we don't see the missions that go perfectly. We don't see the missions that um, they're perfectly suited for because those are the missions that are in and out. They're not as interesting. It's like, oh, yeah, I stopped on through. I did this and that. Mission over. Boom. It, it's kind of like how we <laughs> – like the Flash thing. You're like, we can't have the Flash on Legends. Well, why? Well, because he just runs in and out of everything and it's boring. Yeah. And it's the same thing with all the characters. You need the most uh, like out-of-place character to get stuck in the most awkward situation for him and have them figure it out. It makes for good stories. And it did this week where he, <laughs> Ray, uh, Ray gets stuck with the band by listening to his, you know, super chill, like lame music in the car waiting and the band jumps in and, uh, and he has to prove that he's punk. He has to steal a corgi. And poor Ray, poor sweet Ray, doesn't even realize that he's not the one that even, like, did anything to steal that corgi. Yeah. He was just like, hi, can I have that dog, please? And the guy was like, um, here you go. And Sarah's just in the background already having taken out the bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, and just talk about unexpected, like, twist and, like, smart, funny ones. I was waiting for Mick to, you know, our resident thief to talk him through on how he's going to steal the dog. Oh, totally. Yeah. The, when when they had their little code names. Also, uh, let's not gloss over too quickly how damn 
competent Mick is, even though he still acts kind of childish and stubborn and selfish sometimes. He has become an absolute competent, like wonderful member of this team that contributes a hell of a lot. He he and Sarah have these like code terms now, or and maybe the whole crew does, you know, for sure. But um, but him just being like, nope, this is this is what we have to do. Like he's chiming in so much more. He chimes in in a couple points of this episode where he's just like, no, he's in over his head or this isn't working. And like he is giving his opinion. He he cares in his own brutish way about everything and about how it's going down. And he wants the job to go well. Um, well, you just don't trust men in ties. Yeah. They're like tiny little flags around their necks. Yes. Um, it's he's continuing to grow. I, I didn't think it was possible for him to have even more character development and even more growth. And already three episodes into this season, I'm seeing more from him still. How is this show not at the top of everyone's lists? How is this like the underdog show of this network? Because people aren't, people are afraid to have fun, I think. They are, and I hate them. I mean, um, I mean that's the only excuse. Or you just you you get stuck on. I find too many people get stuck on like superhero shows need to be serious and have some kind of hidden meaning behind everything. It just, Gritty and yeah, yeah. It, it, and 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 maybe it's because I'm such like a Batman '66 fan. Maybe that I enjoy this show so much that the more obscure. And just goofy nature of the show, it's more what I'm into. Yeah. Um, I, I just I I love it because we all know the CW like is kind of a junior network. It's not like one of the top five, you know what I mean? Like it's not ABC, it's not NBC, it's not Fox. Um and maybe it is one of the top five. I don't know. I just threw out a random number. But you know what I mean? Like it's not It's not CBS. It's not ABC. It's, it's not, not NBC. It's not Fox. It, it's weak polls like what technically American Idol does or the, the voice does in one day. Right. You know, right. They're, they're whole, that's their whole week of people watching. Yeah. Um, and that being said, they work with a different budget than – NBC say would for like CG and for things like that and just in general there's so there's there's um a level of we'll call it cheese that happens on this network um there's a little bit of melodrama that happens they also are catering to a younger audience generally um not all the time and not with every show but a, a lot of their demographics are they skew a little younger and with that comes, like I said, a little little bit of like cheese, a little bit of, you know, whatever. And it's so perfectly blended into legends. Yeah. It's it's sometimes hard to take the shows that take themselves too seriously, uh seriously at all. Because sometimes it's like, oh my god, we get it. Like, okay, you big, strong, gritty man and you save the day. Cool. Um, well, and you talked about the budget a little bit, and it's always like one of those things that where you look at even the the stupid rice thing, yeah, 
And it's like they could have had some magic spell and some kind of weird thing to make it appear. But it's like, no, let's dump a bowl of rice and see if he counts yeah. the rice. Yeah. Um, and when they do have special effects and stuff like that, they you you forgive them because the show itself is campy and it's cheesy on purpose. And there's puns and there's weird things like fairy godmothers and unicorns murdering people like it's it's just part of the show and it works because they're not taking themselves too seriously um but so back let's circle back to ray a bit um first of all he got a he got a freaking tattoo uh, i don't want to skip over that we need to talk about that ray got a tattoo because he was inspired by them talking about like oh doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. And wow, that sure sounds like him and Nora. Oh. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Weird how that works. Um, so he now has a tattoo of a corgi with a uh mohawk, and I hope that we don't get that cut out later. I hope that that still exists in later episodes. We need to put a pin on that and and check for it later if he ever shows his arm up there. Um so he he does what he does best and he finds the good in everyone and he becomes friends with Charlie and and gets to the bottom of who she is, what she is. She's a shapeshifter. Um, she was captured and held in some sort of prison, blah, 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 just because she was different. Um, and so when the legends come to take her, obviously he steps in and it's just, it's Ray doing what he does. Ray going, no, wait, no, but this person's kind of good. She's like a feral dog. All she needs is some attention and love and she'll soften up, maybe. Um, Did you think that he was actually attacking his team? For a second, I was like, what? Ray? Yeah. I, I didn't even consider the shape-shifting thing. I didn't either. I totally, like, and I was like, holy shit, what's wrong with Ray? Ray Ray's gone off the fucking deep end. Yeah. Um I I was very confused for a second. So they they did that well because yeah, I totally was like this doesn't What? I I was waiting for Mick to wake up and punch him in the face. Yeah. God, that would have been a good moment. <laughs> um I think they're past that though. I know, it just would have been funny I after getting attacked. Punch him. But yeah. Um but so she gets captured, but it this is a weird way to bring a character back without bringing a character back. You know, to bring bring an actor back on the show. Um, she happens to see... I, I, I have to wonder what order they had these ideas in. Because this is so, like, small and specific. Like, Ray talks to a shapeshifter and bonds with her and kind of, you know, gets a, a rapport with her. And she happens to have seen one photo of them when they went to the 70s and they did some disco stuff and Amaya was with them. And so she, in a, a desperate feat to save her own life, starts morphing into them. And then Amaya... Because she's desperate and she goes, well, you wouldn't kill your friend, would you? You wouldn't send her to hell, would you? Huh? Bold move. Yeah. I, I thought John was going to send her. He no. has no attachment. Oh, me too. But instead, he just blocks her 
powers. He gives her like a power condom, so nothing nothing gets through. And uh, she's stuck in Amaya's body now. So we have Maisie Richardson Sellers back, but not as Amaya, but looking the same. Not from Earth 2, not just a different version of Amaya, but a totally, completely different character. And she gets to use her own accent. Must be easy. Must be interesting. Um, she gets to play a completely different character with the characters that she knows already. Probably um, fun. It's got to be fun and kind of challenging. You got to remind yourself not to fall back into interactions with characters the way that you used to, probably. Um, but he finally does admit to the group, though, that he is the one who let Nora go. So that is out in the open. And once again, Legends proves that you can keep something a secret for like a couple episodes or whatever. But like these guys, their bond is so strong that they do fess up to each other and not not when it's too late. You know what I loved about that scene is the direction of it and the cuts when it's just like Zari's always somewhat in the background. Yeah. Like, yeah, like she's like her facial expressions and everything were so perfect during it. It was like, oh, she stole the scene without really saying a fucking word. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, look, at it just it was one of those smile moments of like, we've all had that moment to where our friend knew something and then. You knew it, and they finally admitted to the rest of the group, and you're just looking like, uh, here we go. Here we fucking go. Here we go. But also, great, this is a relief. Now I can talk about this <laughs> <laughs> openly. <gasps> really? That happened? God. <gasps> wow, what? I had no idea. Um, but yeah, that is that is one of my favorite things about Legends, like from a writing and direction perspective something might be kept a secret for a couple episodes because they're nervous to tell the rest of the group and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they always fess up to each other and they don't wait until something horribly dire or irreversible or tragic has happened to say it, which is definitely something that some of the other shows fall into. You know, someone dies or someone's about to die or someone gets attacked or something like that. And it's like, I should have told you before, but here is this this thing that I did that desperately affects all of this, and I'm very sorry. Like, that's cool. Well, A, why did you do that? And B, why didn't you tell us sooner? Yeah. Like, we could have planned for this. Yeah. We could have handled this appropriately. But they know that they're going to forgive each other. They know that, like, okay, we all have weaknesses. We all sometimes do impulsive things. Time travel is very, very seductive and tempting. Like, there's always going to be stuff that you're tempted to do. So, speaking of time travel, we've got the Time Bros 2.0. Gary's fucking weird. He's so weird. Like, make me feel uncomfortable, like, Uh, and I'm sitting at home. He's so weird. Um, And I just, like, I'm glad we had this episode because I feel like Nate won't stay there. First of all, they outright state, you know, like, okay, he's going to do his office stuff. He's going to get this all together. And then he's going to go back to the wave rider. Great. Cool. Wonderful. He'll earn some money. He'll throw it in a little savings account or whatever. And then he'll head on back to the wave rider and be back with the crew. Um, I, I don't. 
I, I hope that that actually continues, especially after his conversation with Sarah. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that that, you know, he follows through and he does go back to the wave rider, especially because it just seems like the time bureau is going to be super mundane. And the only thing that really shook it up was Nate being there. And, and I think now it makes sense with the whole, you know, new Amaya, you know, the Charlie character. Yeah. It was why they left him off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because at first we were worried that it was like, is this like a kind of like quasi write-off? Yeah, and why would he not go on a mission with them? Well, this is why. He he wanted to do, he wanted to try out something a little more bureaucratic. Yeah, and you know, he knew he would miss being on that ship, you know, looking around the corner and expecting, it's like, and I'm sure, you know, you've been a pet owner your whole life. That yeah. like when you put down an animal and you expect to see them when you walk into something, and that's his probably his reaction to Maya not being there, thinking you're going to walk around the corner and see somebody and they're not there and yeah. you just kind of feel empty inside. And I think that's what Nate was running from. And then, you know, the introduction of this Charlie character, I was just like, oh, shit, this is going to make some good drama here because he's going to flip the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Like, and- why is she locked up? What did you do to her? Uh, real quick, that's not her. <laughs> Why is she talking like that? Yeah, that's Charlie. Sorry. Is it in Sarah's best interest not to tell him? I think, I think in that moment it was. Like, let me get him locked on the ship first. Well, I think let, let him have this realization. Let him work through this a little more and then we'll talk about it. Um, because if, she, if he said that and then, and then she was like, Ooh, by the way, funny you mentioned that that's why you're not on the Wave Rider. Um, we got somebody that's kind of... Yeah. I, I think that would have maybe pushed him away. Yeah. Um, if, if his realization of like, hey, I needed to get out of the Wave Rider for a little bit, and that's why I wanted to try something different. I, I wanted a change of pace to help me kind of get over this because I kept looking for her in every room every place that i turned i expected her to be there and i was hoping to see her face and it hurt and it sucked um so i think it's in this instance it's good that she didn't bring it up right then she knows she's gonna have to tell him she's gonna tell him before he comes on the ship (laughs) you can't go back there why not just can't go back there you just can't i hear yelling is there a british woman back there it's one of john constantine's concubines (laughs) don't worry about it but that's it. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I... So, okay, let's let's talk. Um, first of all, Taco Monday was bullshit, and I hated that. Um, but it proved its point of, hey, uh, this is... This is boring <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, this is so mundane. Um, you can only have one taco or <laughs> one sandwich. Yeah, so... The other thing, though, I think this is the worst CGI we've ever had. You mean on the saber tooth tiger? The crossover between Ice Age and Legends. I like. I expected Dennis Leary to start talking. It was it was bad, um, and it was only for maybe what like forty five seconds or like a minute's worth of television time. Fine. That's okay. Um, I f- 
for, I forgive it. I moved on immediately, whatever. But I definitely was cringing while it was on the I was screen. like, don't make this a thing. Don't, don't drag this on. Yeah, yeah. And they were in and out. Fine, great. Um, now, the plant, the uh, Audrey, if you will, <laughs> um, that was fine. That, it was a little cheesy. It was a little low budgety, little pet shop of horrory. But like but we talked, it worked. It's a legend. It's legends, and it and it worked. It was fine, and it running around and what it was. It was cute and creepy and like cool. That was fine. That was good. Um, the saber tooth was. I would have preferred just seeing like a better looking head and maybe a paw coming out from behind like a bush or a tree or something. <laughs> Go and find then, a museum and push the fucking mannequin God, out there. <laughs> I, I would rather them have alluded to that more than seeing it if they couldn't put out a better product. Yeah, it was uh, definitely an afterthought. Suggestion goes a long way. Yes. All right. So with that, we're going to take a quick little break and we're going to talk about some Patreon. We're going to get away from the show for a moment. Yeah. Uh, so in case anyone listening didn't know, we now offer a premium service right here at Rain Man Digital. Uh, so besides the weekly free broadcasts, Rain Man Digital now offers a premium service. And when you pledge to our Patreon page, you automatically become a subscriber. So it's super easy. The premium service includes video content plus additional exclusive shows like Star Trek from the Holodeck, Comic Book Chaos, we've got DC on CW bonus shows, we've got Supernatural The Crossroads stuff, we've got all sorts of things, we've got we, so much more. We got outtakes. Uh, I <laughs> mean, got outtakes. We got outtakes, because we're not Boy, always perfect. Howdy. So, you know, if you want to see a pretty funny intro from last week's Legends <laughs> show, to where we, me and Lauren, I think, broke Mike for a second. Yeah. Um, we I think roasted I think, him. Yeah, Mike posted that out there. Um so there's there's a lot of things out there. Just go to patreon.com slash rainman digital. Rainman digital. Digital mole. Digital mole. All right. So uh this week on Legends, we got a little bit more of Mick and John and that odd caring and kind of hatred. <laughs> and it really it honestly like Mick just straight up hates John because of Rip. Because he doesn't trust him, because he doesn't trust Rip. Yeah, he ruined all British people for him. Yeah. Well, I, I think British men in ties, specifically. <laughs> and trench coat looking yeah. things. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> you just don't trust men in ties. Yeah. yeah, they're tiny little flags hanging from their neck, telling me that I'm wrong. Um, I am seeing them budging a little bit, especially after it kind of got a little heated, but I'm... I, I honestly, I, I, I'm seeing that grow already, which is good. This does not need to stay stagnant. They can still have a bitter sort of like pseudo rivalry or whatever, but let's work together. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's progressing along nicely. I'm good with where that's going. Um, on the Constantine sort of boat, though, uh, he is in England. It's the 70s. He goes and visits his He's drinking at a bar. Zari comes in and it seems like he's potentially interested in a woman, but he's eyeballing her in a way that I've never seen Matt Ryan eyeball a woman before. There's something a little different about it. There's something a little more intense about it. It's like he's he loves this woman in some sort of way, but he's only just met her. 
well, okay, it's his mom. And Zari makes a bad panty-dropping joke. <laughs> Hilarious. Ooh. And apparently his dad sucks, which we kind of already knew a little bit. Like, we got that sort of vibe from the Constantine show. Um, but he wants to kick his father in the nuts so hard that he can't have children, can't have John, and... Mom uh, never dies. Uh-huh. But, oh, whoops, there's the nut kick paradox, so says Zari. <laughs> if y- you c- you physically cannot kick your own father <laughs> in the nuts, because if you do that and you damage his testicles and he cannot procreate, there's no one in existence to kick him in the nuts in the first place. I laughed. Like, at first when he fell, I was like, this is gotta be the one of the dumbest things I've ever seen and then it happened again and I just started giggling yeah and then when she said that I was just like this is fucking ridiculous it immediately like, grew on me I, I was just like I'm like completely in love with this and especially when you pair it with Nate earlier or sometime in the episode having to write rules based on you know magic now and knowing that they had all these time travel like you know that these things exist yeah that, that is a thing yeah. And just like, oh my gosh, this is this is so funny. And it was so not Constantine. You, you know what I mean? You don't see him as like the the, the, slap the slapstick stick. guy. Yes. And the when he's just fallen on the ground, I was like, this is perfect. He got pissed. I like that they're handling situations like that. The humor, the cheese, the campiness, the the very humorous meat of legends. Um, They're handling that in the same sort of way that they handle that on Supernatural, which is overall a dark, um, bloody, I don't want to say gritty, but like it's a darker show. It's darker tones. It's a little more serious. It, It deals with supernatural things. And sometimes those supernatural things are cheesy or campy or ridiculous. They've had they had a big stuffed teddy bear one episode. No one had a problem with that because the way that the characters handle it, they're normally serious and stuff, but there's humor here and there. Um, The way that the characters react to ridiculous situations is what makes it great. And Constantine getting pissed was, uh, it's great. It's perfect. It's good. And he kind of storms out and he's like, you won't see me again and goes to smoke a cigarette it, it worked. It's perfect. And he, and Zari comes out, and I like, I like that she's now going out of her way to be the one to become friends with like the newcomer. That that's been her thing. She did it with Wally. She's doing it with John. She's now becoming kind of a, a confidant and having deeper friendships with people. And, and I just think she realize that her and Constantine are kind of the same, that they want to make changes, but they know they can't, that it's not going to really work. And, and it just, it caught me off guard, I guess, after, especially after last week, where she goes to be like this character that you're like, you're stupid. Stop doing stupid things. Being so caring and like willing to put herself out there for people that she really doesn't know to try to, fix like do you think that smart like you know not being so emotional about what she's doing yeah well do you think that um 
after watching, you know, last week and now this week, it feels more like the reason they did last week was to set it up for this, to show, to to put her in a position to be like, hey, listen, man, like, I get it. I don't really like emotions either. I don't really like being sappy and cheesy. I'm always the one with the sarcastic response. She she gives me um like the sarcastic side of Zed. The they their interactions together give me a bit of that sort of vibe. Yeah. Um and I think that's kind of why he's going to get along with her and, and it's going to work with her because she's she doesn't want to get all sappy and cheesy and stuff either. She doesn't really want to sit and talk about her feelings too much. She wants to address problems because she's learned that you can't hold too much of that back or you're going to screw yourself over. But she also doesn't need to be like mushy about it. Yeah, I, you know, she the, can she can lace it with sarcasm and be good. That was a good comparison there, you know, to the Zed character from the original show. Yeah. I could definitely see her falling into that part of it. Cool. Yeah, I I get those vibes for sure, and I think it's going to make Constantine feel a little more comfortable with her yeah. as well because she is a she's more in touch with her own feelings now than she was say last season. She's warmed up. She's more likable. She's more comfortable. She un- has an understanding of how the team works, how everyone fits together, how much they can change, what the rules are, what can't happen, and um, but she's still sarcastic and kind of um has that daria-esque sort of monotone voice and quality to her a lot of the time her delivery is awesome yeah i love it um I, i'm really liking zari now as a character way more than i did last season i also uh, this is off the the constantine topic but the implant of the charm her totem oh yeah in her her wristband i thought was a smart move because you know the necklace is just kind of bulky and out of the way and now it's not such a i guess distraction yeah i think they're steering away from big bulky comic booky looking like weapons and talismans and items and they're steering more towards like okay let's tap a little bit more into reality yes it's a time travel show but let's be realistic about what we think our team members would do what would they wear what would they use what makes more sense for battle that necklace seems to keep falling off or being snatched right off of her a little bracelet is way more unassuming well that and you always wonder as an actor you're like like you guys have me running in this and it's hit me in the face like 14 times it hurts. Yeah. It's, can we find me something else? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad they went with that for yeah. sure. Um, so back, uh, we were we were chatting before recording with Mike a little bit about um, Zari emphasizing uh, empathizing with John on you know okay I wish I could change things too etc. And then um, at the same time, like not really wanting to get mushy with it. And she does, she realizes that he misses his mom, cares about her, uh, wanted to spend more time with her, only got to spend a little bit of time with her. So she gets some surveillance footage, you know, snaps a photo of uh, him and his mom having a chat over, you know, his pint and gives that to him. And the way that we 
got to see that play out. The way that they handled it was so good because she was just like, listen, I'm not going to do any of that cheesy crap. Don't worry about it. Um, I know everything kind of sucks and like not everything's just like rainbows are just around the corner. Don't even worry. Turn that frown upside down. Um, and her just being like, hey, I got you a thing just because I figured <laughs> here it, it might be. That's how I give gifts too. Same. Here. I got, I got you I a like, thing. I, here, it's for you. And then I accept things like Constantine also to where I look at things and people are like, you don't like it. It's like, I think he appreciates like his one time with his mother. Yeah. And now he's got some it's record a, of it. It's a really big deal. He's not an He's not an outwardly emotional person. He's not like, oh, I love you so much. Huggies, a kissy. He's not going to go, thanks, I really appreciate this. Instead, because he's Constantine and because they're staying true to his character, he says, thanks for not doing any of that stuff that I mentioned before that I didn't want you to do. Yeah, thank you for that. And she's just like, no problem. Because she gets it because she's been emotionally yeah. shut off. It was good. I really liked that. I want to see them interact more in the future. I think she's going to be more of an anchor within the legends than even Sarah. Um, because he knows Sarah and and that's fine. And they accept each other as they are and don't really... Um, they, they already have an established relationship, you know? Like, they're friends already. That's fine. Whatever. Um, the other ones are the ones that he needs to actually feel any need to open up to or put trust in, put faith in, uh, interact with more than is necessary um, because he's not a team player. He's just not. He's Constantine. He prefers to work alone. He has a couple of team-up companions occasionally, but he likes to work alone because it's easier that way. It's it's cleaner that way. People don't get hurt as often that way. so Zari's definitely going to be, I think, more of that anchor character to get him to open up and be like, okay, you're all competent. You're all kind of idiots sometimes, but you're competent. <laughs> Let's all work together. Let's get this done. I need your help. Um, yeah, I I like it. It was a perfect way to pull that off with Constantine. They, yeah. could, they couldn't have done it any better. I agree. Um and so a little last little thing to talk about this episode. John Constantine name dropped um, the band that he used to perform with and that he's hurt plenty of people, blah, blah, blah. Like it was um, it, it a lot of this kind of hearkened to um, Constantine the Hellblazer. I, I believe it was the um, the Rebirth. Yeah. One? yeah, the rebirth Constantine, which was Ming Doyle and James Tiny in the fourth, um, which he's a great writer. And if you haven't read his comics, just do it. Just read them. They're great. And he's a nice man. Um, but Phil Klemmer, who's one of the executive producers on our show, uh, on like most of our shows, he recommended that people read Constantine the Hellblazer ahead of this season just to kind of be in the know, have a basic, you know, understanding and stuff like that. Um, And honestly, probably a lot of the rebirth stuff would be great for people wanting to read anything ahead of things, you know, Um, Batwoman. In fact, actually, I have Batwoman recommendations for people if they 
haven't read stuff from her and they would like to and understand that character before the crossover, even though that doesn't apply to this show still. Mm. Um, but yeah, so Phil Klemmer recommended reading specifically that run of Constantine, which is the newest one um, before going into the show. So it's just cool that they're pulling from source material. I think that's what we like the most about some of these shows. That's what we like. That's why I liked the comic booky stuff and things like that. That's that's what we're here to see. Adaptations, um, some changes, some things that are just a nod to something, some things that are exactly the same. That's what we're here to see yep. at the end of the day. Um, so final thoughts on this episode, Bob, go. Uh, it's it, it disappoints me when I look at ratings and I see like 870,000 people watch this episode. And it's so fun and it's so good. And if you're fans of characters and development, you should want to see this. And things that they're doing, it just it brings smiles to my face. And it's it. I feel like I say that every week, but they they continue to make me smile and do things that are so unexpected. And like I kind of talked about earlier, putting the characters that don't fit in the situations in the the most awkward situations, and then watching. The uh, teammates in the background kind of try to talk them through it or goofing on them about it. It it just reminds me of like going out with friends. Yeah, and that's what I feel like. These these this this is the real friends. At least if you hang out with me, is legends. I'm I'm not. Yeah, there's no Rachel. There's no Ross. <laughs> I don't have those people in my life. I have the smart asses that. Yeah. You know, we talk to every week on this radio station. The misfit smartasses. That's how we are. And we all don't look the same. We all don't act the same. Yeah, we don't all dress the same. We don't all dress the same. We don't all have the same interests. We have stuff that aligns, absolutely. But we all do our own, like... We all do our shit. own thing. Like but you we... fucking like grill and like barbecue shit and whatever. Yeah. And like Ryan has his fucking BB Wars. Thank thing. you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your service, Ryan. Uh, um, I you know I know we won't listen to this, and you'll find this funny. Uh, Harley has a veterans wall at her school, and I put Ryan's name on there. Oh Hope I took a picture of it Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing and yeah. terrible. I love it. But that it just reminds me of real life that we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different, like you said, interests. We do different things, but yeah. we we when we come together, we do something that technically is magical. Like we come together as a group, like just like our group of like kind of like con friends and like radio stuff. Yeah, that we come together and it's like nothing ever changes. Like we we come same become dynamic. One. Yeah. yeah, and we all just fit. We mesh together. Yes. And I think that's why I like Legends so much is it, it feels real to me. And it's 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 a classic example of an ensemble show going right. All of the characters get their screen time. All of the characters get their backstory. All of the characters get fleshed out. They get character development. And they're going for one goal. Yeah. They don't keep things from each other. And if they have something that they're scared to tell the other team members, they tell them within a reasonable time frame. <laughs> Not everyone is going to be forthcoming immediately upon everything. Some people are going to do things that they're ashamed of or that they're scared to admit or that they maybe just don't necessarily want to talk about. 
but eventually they do and they they open up to each other and they trust each other and they talk to each other like a team does are they perfect do they all always get along no but they accept each other for the things that they like and dislike about each other they accept each other as they are and they treat each other with respect and they treat each other like adults they they're a perfect team yeah they fuck up sometimes but but when it comes down to it they're they're great together um and this show has a way of exploring different storylines all at once or having characters each do their own thing in like pairs or whatever in an episode and it can go so so right and we're seeing some other shows struggle with that supergirl struggling with that right now so um it's refreshing to come back to legends and watch an ensemble show just go so right and the writing is good the directing is good the acting is on point the 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 things that we go hey wait a second well why did they bring that up i don't like that very much or i thought that got more like wrapped up last season guess what next episode it's talked about it's addressed it's discussed they have they have fewer episodes to do everything in and i feel like it actually works in the show's benefit because it it, they don't waste time they don't waste time they cut out the fluff they cut out the bullshit they get to the meat of it and and that's it um this episode was great this episode was well done they looked the part in their costumes the the plot was ridiculous but somehow still pretty like grounded and kind of like cool and normal um as as normal as shape-shifting can be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't a fairy godmother or, you know, a, a giant plush toy or whatever. A, a booty-shaking queen. Booty-shaking queen. Um, I just love this show. And I really hope that with this possible Manny reveal, that all of the naysayers that watched Constantine and go, well, we don't like the cheese. I hope they all bite their tongues and start watching this show before we lose Constantine as a character for good because you're not willing to even give this show a chance after seeing a giant stuffed toy beating the crap out of things at the end of last season. Bebo is God. Bebo is Lord. Bebo is all. Um, Enjoy the cheese. This show is amazing. It's got the best character development, I think, out of all of them. It's incredible. So that's, I don't know, final thoughts on the entire season. I guess we don't need to record (laughs) anything else. (laughs) All right, that's actually going to do it, though, for today's DCNCW Legends Edition. You can always catch our past and future episodes through the Rayman Digital app. Uh, follow us on social media. You probably know it by now. Facebook is facebook.com slash DCNCW. Our Twitter's at DCNCW. And uh, Instagram is the ever long and wonderful at DC underscore on underscore CW. And we'll catch you. Want cajun?